Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, welcome to the show. I hope that your Christmas season is going exactly as you planned. And speaking of planning, hopefully you have already done your holiday sanity planning. If your holiday is feeling a little crazy (laughs) and not at all in the intention that you want it to do, I hope that you go and you take the free course. You can find it inside the Your Life Rocks app or you can go to holidaysanity.com. Now I say that as we kick things off because I just saw someone in our Facebook group post a comment about having a simple Christmas. And, you know, sometimes we get in the thick of it. And even when our intentions are to keep things simple, we start adding and adding and adding and adding. So even if you've already done your holiday sanity, it was just a great reminder for me that simple is okay. Sticking to what I had planned is okay. And we don't need to do anything extra this holiday season. Because at the end of the day, the whole purpose of Christmas time is for us to be able to reflect back to our Christ, our Savior, who came for us. And ultimately, that's what this whole series is about. This week is week number three in our Walking with Jesus series. And you guys, this story that we're going to be hearing today, the testimony from our guest, was like a ray of light for me. And I hope it's the same for you. If you've ever gone through a situation in life where you just feel a little lonely, where you're thinking, Lord God, why am I all alone here? You are never alone. And I think we know that. But this story, you're going to see it repeated over and over. Just the beauty and the gentleness of having the spirit right by your side through thick, through thin, through everything that life throws at us. And just the beauty that comes with having that close relationship with him. The other thing that I think is so wonderful about our Lord is that we can look back on our life journey. We can look back at different things that he's brought us through and we can so easily connect the dots and see the path that he had for us and the decisions that were made and the things that he brought into our lives, the people he brought into our life. But when we're in the thick of it, we can't always see it. And Marissa's story that she's going to be sharing with us today is a true testimony of that. So whatever it is that God has you going through right now, whatever journey you're in, if you feel like there's a struggle, if you feel like something is just not right, or you're thinking, Lord, what are you going to do in this situation? I hope that testimonies like Marissa's will really speak to your heart that he's got a bigger picture, a bigger plan, and it all can work together for good. I know that Marissa's testimony is going to bless you, so let's get right into it. Marissa, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you on and share your story, and I can't wait to hear your testimony and for you to be able to share it with everybody else. The Holy Spirit has been working to make sure that you're sharing your testimony today. So I know it's going to have an impact on so many people out there that are listening. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit more about who you are. Okay. So um, my name is Marissa Poge, and uh, my family and I were an Air Force family. My husband is active duty. I was active duty until this summer, and now I'm actually a stay-at-home mom. So that's a whole new world to me right now. But I'm a reservist. So one weekend a month, I... Uh, I get to put the uniform on and, you know, continue to lead and, and serve in that way, which is a blessing. 
Um, and we are currently stationed uh, right outside of DC, but I'm originally from Ohio. So that's about us. Oh, I have two children. Um, Gabriel is three. Ellie is one and a half and we are in the process of adopting. So this time next year, hopefully we'll have another baby at home. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for your service. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And I can only imagine the transition that it's been going from active duty to now being a stay-at-home mom. I mean, that's just like (laughs) world (laughs) changing. Yeah. Yeah. We're still, it's, I think the shock has worn off. Um, and so we are like, we're just, you know, trying to make sense of a new normal. And by the time we make sense of a new normal, there'll be another kid in the picture and it'll be crazier. And, but you know, God's hands just all over everything. And even just with us moving to DC, I went to college here. And so the area is familiar and, you know, the type of people that are here I'm familiar with, and it's just his hands all over everything. And so it's, we're in a place where the transition has been eased a bit. And so I'm just so thankful for that. Mm, That's so amazing, right? How he's just so gentle with things like that, that could be really hard and rough. And, and yet he's there in the mix of all of it. So you mentioned his hands kind of on it. When did you, when did you first start to follow Jesus and, and kind of give your life to him? I think I've always known Jesus. Uh, my dad was Catholic. My mom was Methodist. And so I was kind of, I joke that I was raised in a mixed household. You know, so I've all, I remember sitting in in the pew in fourth grade after confession, and you know, looking up at the crucifix and just you know sobbing and feeling like, how am I worthy that the Son of God would die for me? And mm. you know, and so I remember those moments early on. But I think it's definitely, and I was baptized in high school. You know, I went through the sacraments, the Catholic sacraments, but I was baptized through immersion in high school, and I started really feeling the Holy Spirit's conviction then. But I don't, I don't think it's safe to say that I was necessarily walking with Jesus. So then I went off to college and I think freshman year, I <laughs> lived a rebellious life and tried to kind of find some, I don't know if it's purpose or fulfillment um, in places that was not the Lord. Um, and I was convicted the entire time in it. Um, and so the beginning of my sophomore year, a couple months in, I just said, you know what, God, I know this is not how I'm supposed to be living. So I'm going to give it to you and you've got to, you've got to hold me through this. And I found a great church. I had great friends who kind of knew like, okay, this is the new Marissa and we respect it. And she's not budging on it, which was cool. And I'm so thankful for them. And then a couple months later, I, I met my husband and well, it was not my husband at the time, clearly, but um, (laughs) he, he was kind of in the same place too. And so we kind of walked that road together and we stumbled together and we were long distance. He was in Colorado. I was in DC, but through our respective churches and our mentors, we thankfully, you know, the Lord brought us on the right paths and the right path together. So that was kind of when I uh, rekindled, I guess, my, my love for Christ and my need for him and just that deep dive into that relationship with him. Yeah, you know, and I think it's it's interesting because I know so many other people who have a very similar story of growing up and having this deep understanding of who Jesus is and what it's all about, but not necessarily having that relationship with him in the way when we truly like meet, meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you to kind of know him, but then just decide like after after a course of rebellion and kind of seeking and I think, you know, We've all kind of had that in our life or one way or another, everyone has their own degree to it, but where we're looking for something outside of God to fulfill us and to 
give us what it is that we're seeking, where ultimately we can only find that through Him. What was that like for you kind of realizing and going deeper into that connection? It was between my sophomore and junior year, I had to go to an Air Force training. It was the officer equivalent of a boot camp. I wouldn't call it a boot camp. It wasn't nearly that hard, but you know, no phone, no communication other than letters for a month and um, going through this rigorous training. And so it was such a blessing because during that time, like, you know, when we're out in our formation and, you know, we couldn't talk to anybody, we were just marching and doing whatever. I had all of this time freed up to do nothing but pray. And we're in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, and, you know, it was humid and hot as it was in July and August. The sky was, I just remember the sky being so beautiful and just every, you know, sunset looking up and just being like, wow, God, this is amazing. And so I'm so thankful for that time where I just really got a chance to pray and just be in that intimate relationship with the Lord. And so I think I I really came, it was like a Air Force retreat almost. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I just really came back from that changed. And, um, and then for Brandon and I to, to kind of make that journey together then as we realized, okay, this is serious. You know, we do want to get married for us to really set our sights on him. It was just, it was a relief. It was a burden off of my shoulders that, you know, in this relationship with this guy, I didn't have to try to, you know, prove myself or make him happy because, it was rooted in the Lord, then it was rooted in the Lord. And so it was a relief, I think, finally. (laughs) And not to say that all of a sudden everything was perfect, because I think anybody listening to this knows that's, that's not the truth. I told you a little bit before the podcast today that the enemy was doing everything he could to keep me from prayer. And frankly, he pretty much succeeded in that. So it's not perfect, but it's we're saved through his grace. And that's, it's just such a relief. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think too, like, you know, when we're when we're walking through whatever journey we're on, you know, there are going to be things that get in our way, obstacles that come up, the enemy is going to try to stop us or slow us down. But when we look back at that journey, then that's really where mm-hmm. we can see the hand of God and how he was guiding and shaping everything for our good. And to me, that is such a, such a testimony of hope in mm-hmm. whatever trial we're currently going through, of looking back and seeing what he has already done and how he's worked everything together and knowing that he's going to do the same thing again, because that's just who he is. And I know with you guys, when, so you got married and Mm -hmm. then you were both active in the military, correct? Yes. So what was that like establishing your family and being in the military? What was that like for your, for your life at that point? We love it um, because it's, it's really brought, you know, us, our core family together. And We've been lucky that our families have been able to visit us and we've been able to visit them. We've only been stationed stateside so far with the exception of my husband's deployments. But it just really builds this sense of community. And in our last duty station, we were in San Antonio and my husband was gone a lot and I went through some really hard stuff um, in my family at the time. And between our military community and our church community, it just, if you like, if you allow yourself to be vulnerable and express your need for your brothers and sisters in Christ, then they are there and they come in strong. And so it's a really unique and it's, it's hard, it's challenging, but it kind of forces you to just put it all out there. If you, if you want to survive in it, you know, because yeah. you've got to build that family wherever you're at. So it's, it's tough, but we love it. Mm, I think that that's great. Now you had mentioned some hard things and being able to have the brothers and sisters in Christ around you and being able to have that support. 
And I know that that's really where you were really able to feel the hand of God and really walk with him. And he walked with you through some really Mm -hmm. hard, hard things that were with your family. Yes. So in 2017, we moved to San Antonio in April and I had this awesome job. I was hired by a general officer who I just adored and um, I was her assistant. Well, then she got moved to another job. So my new boss was going to, was coming in in the middle of June. I had never met this guy, a general officer, you know, it's a big deal and I'm his assistant. And so the day before he is supposed to arrive on the job, I get a call saying that my dad had been life flighted up to the Cleveland Clinic and that he was on life support. So, and my dad has, he had a, a chronic illness, a primary immune deficiency called X-linked agammaglobinemia or XLA, if anybody's going to Google it. But, uh, and he had lived with that his whole life. And in the a couple years prior to that, you know, he had been in and out of the hospital and it was just kind of something, unfortunately, we got used to of, okay, dad's in the hospital again. He's going to be out in a week and he'll be on another business trip. Mm. And so I think I kind of looked at it that way and I wasn't going to go home. And (laughs) it sounds horrible to say that, but I even kind of the reality, right? Like you were just kind of used to. Yeah, I was used to it. And I had convinced myself of the lie of, you know, my dad was so proud of me. And I knew that that wasn't the lie. But the lie in my head was dad wouldn't want me to come home. Mm. Well, that's probably not the truth. And so thankfully, God had placed some wonderful people in my life where they basically were like, if you're not going to go get on a plane, then we're going to buy your plane ticket. And then you're going to feel really bad about skipping out on it. So (laughs) um, I had some great people take care of me there. Of course, my boss was like, no, go take care of your family. I'm a big boy. I'll figure this out. You know, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. So the next day, uh, my husband and my son and I, my son was not even one at the time, hop on a plane and get go back to Ohio and spent a couple, well, probably about five days or so there. And my dad's on life support and his brother and sister and all of his close friends are up there. And it was hard. And my sister flew home from Washington State. Her husband's in the army. And so my dad's laying there on life support. And yeah, that was really hard because we didn't know if the infection had spread to his brain. So he was his body couldn't fight infections and um, his body was swelling and everything was failing on the insides. Mm. And they found out that his liver was basically dead and he needed a transplant, but they'd have to get him healthy enough to get the transplant. So, so he's on life support for all of the time we were there until the last morning. I walked in to say bye because we had to go get on the plane and they had taken him off of life support because, and he wasn't on it because he, because he couldn't breathe. They were afraid that he was going to forget to. And so, so the whole time he had heard everything, you know, that everyone was saying and, and stuff. And so walking into that room and seeing my dad be able to turn his head towards me and to, in a weak voice, you know, say hi and, you know, say my name and say how happy he was to see Gabe and, you know, to hear Gabe's giggles and stuff the whole time we were there. And And before we left, I was able to have a conversation with my dad. So my parents had gotten divorced when I was in middle school and my dad and I had a a rough relationship for a couple of years. I was able, you know, and we had always, once we had reconciled, we kind of just moved past it. You don't talk about it. You know, you just go on and accept that things are good. But I was able to tell him, you know, that, and this was by the grace of God, you know, I was able to tell him, thank you, you know, for being the dad that I needed him to be, even though he wasn't what I wanted, you know, as a teenager Mm. and, um, and that I understood and just how grateful I was for him. And I was able to pray with him. 
so that happened, flew back. Dad was still in the hospital. Now, when you left, did you, were you still kind of thinking he's going to get better because he always gets better? Or were you kind of thinking that this could be worse? You know, I knew it was worse. And for the past few years, I kind of knew it was getting there. I don't think I had really realized it until that moment. But that's a good question. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I'll have to think about that one. But I, I knew it was worse than it had been. But I think we were all still kind of holding out hope. And you know what? We were holding out hope because we had actually started like kind of a like a fundraiser sort of thing. Like a, a yeah, I guess a fundraiser to um, support his time in a recovery house should he have the liver transplant because he would have to stay within like 20 minutes of the hospital for a, a couple of months. So it so, wasn't yeah, like you were saying like your final goodbyes or anything no. like that. It was just kind of God gave you that. Mm-hmm. that moment. Yeah. And it was the Holy Spirit pushing me to, to have that conversation. Cause you know, I'm from one of those families where you don't really have, you know, you just, you take yeah. it move on and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I love you. I love you too. It's good enough. Yep. That's um, my family too. I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So that was, yeah, that was the Holy Spirit moving there. So yeah. And then at the end of July, that's when we had knew, like it was, it was getting worse. Um, he, there was, there was an uptick, you know, and about a month in where it was like, okay, dad's getting better. This is good. His whole family's around him, like estranged siblings all coming together, even to the point where the hospital staff said, we've never seen a family this close that you guys wouldn't let him be alone for wow. more than an hour, which is funny because my dad really isolated himself, especially when he was sick. So it was kind of cool seeing God turn those tables on him. Like I'm going to surround you with people. <laughs> um, and so we went to see Gabe and I went to see him at the end of July. My husband was at a training and we were able to celebrate Gabe's first birthday with my dad. And uh, we had, you know, very, very sweet moments. And then I had to take my dad up. He had been just discharged from the hospital just a few days before I got home. And while I was there, I had to take him back up for a couple appointments where they, they readmitted him. And I think at that moment, I knew it wasn't going to be much longer. But even then, when I left, I didn't say my final goodbyes. It was more of a, you know, hey, dad, we'll see you Labor Day weekend. We're going to come back up then. And, but then through the course of our phone calls over the next, I guess it would have been a week or so, the final goodbyes were said. And it was, you know, it was kind of, it's hard when you see, when you hear your dad break down and say that he's scared and he's hurting. Mm. Um, that was the hardest conversation I've ever had to have in my life was, you know, just to tell him like, dad, it's going to be okay one way or another. And so he passed away on a Saturday morning on August 5th. Um, and that conversation that I had with him was the Thursday. So two days prior. And, wow. and my husband was still gone at a training at this time, which, you know, during this, it's all like, you know, this is horrible. And God, why would you let Brandon be gone? And Brandon, can't you come home? And I'm so mad at the Air Force and this timing is horrible. But like you said earlier, looking back, you see God's hand all over it. Our neighbors down the street, you know, they would, they would take Gabe for hours on end just so I could, you know, deal with stuff back home and, or just have, you know, time just to do whatever I needed to do mentally. And our church family and people who I had, you know, because we had just moved there. And so people who I'd only met maybe once or twice were sending my dad cards in the hospital and bringing over meals. And it was just amazing to see the hands and feet of Christ just alive in that. But anyway, so that Thursday after I had that conversation with my dad, I just, I remember (laughs) 
being in the shower and just crying out to God, mad at him, yelling at him and just saying like, I need you. Like we need you to heal him, whether it's here or whether it's on the other side of eternity, you've got to do something like you have to step in, please just step in. And that whole night, just sitting on my floor, just crying out to God, you know, with my Bible open in my lap. And frankly, if my husband was home, I probably wouldn't have done that. You know, I wouldn't have had those moments with God and just so intimate because I would have, you know, I would have been leaning on my husband, like, which would have been fine. That's fine too. But something that looked like God was being cruel was actually really kind because, you know, he was pulling me into intimacy with him. And so anyway, so then that night, actually, I had a, I had a dream that the next, time that I saw my dad was at the funeral home. And that turned out to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even God's kindness with how that went, like his siblings got this time and they got to restore relationships. And um, his girlfriend was with him when he passed. And my fear for so many years that he was going to be by himself because he would isolate himself when he got sick because he didn't want to hurt other people. So even just God's kindness and that, that my dad wasn't alone, his whole family, my grandparents and all of his siblings were with him that evening, like not when he passed, but just a few hours prior. So just God's sweetness and all of that. And, and I just think too, that he pulled me in close to him so I could kind of be a rock for my siblings. I have two younger siblings. My sister is four years younger than me and my brother's four years younger than her. So my brother was still in high school at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. and you know, God just really anchored my faith. And I think and part of it was just to to kind of be that rock for, for my grandparents. They lost their son, you know, and my grandpa had, when my dad was younger, my grandpa would go to the hospital and donate plasma every week so that it could then in turn be given to my dad. So my dad could stay alive, you know? So, so watching my grandparents lose a son, oh my goodness, like. Right. And I can only imagine, you know, them raising him and just in the back of their mind, you know, knowing that this is a possibility, it could happen. Mm -hmm. And then finally watching that unravel was probably pretty painful for them. Oh yeah. It was, and you know, and and that's, I don't want to tell their story because that's theirs to tell, but there's, you know, there's so much grief and anger and just all, I can't, I can't imagine losing a child. And, but you know, it was interesting. So planning his funeral. So, and, and they're Catholic and it was just, it was interesting too, to hear stories that my dad in the hospital told like his siblings and the conversations they had about, you know, on the other side and, and all that. But planning his funeral was a very interesting, almost a healing experience for me, you know, because just picking out the passages and, and just looking at it as, Hey, this is an opportunity to share the gospel. Like my dad suffered a lot, but what does Paul tell us? He tells us that like, you know, all these sufferings are worth it because how much joy will we see in Christ? And it doesn't even compare. And so for me to see how much my dad suffered and ached and feared, and my dad was a strong man, you know, and just to see that and just think that, wow, that's not even comparable to the joy we're going to have in heaven. That's just amazing. Mm. So yeah, I don't know, but the Lord was, the Lord was so close and, and all of that. And, you know, people always say that who have gone through something, they're like, you know, I would never want to relive it again, but man, God was so close to me in that, you know, and and I kind of miss that. And, and I, you know, like, I don't want to ever go through that again or anything on that level. But what the I Lord think was is, so close. <laughs> what I think is so amazing as I'm listening to you share your story is, you know, you were talking about how like your dad used to isolate himself when he would get sick and how mm-hmm. God was so good to surround him with people, people who loved him and people who cared on him while he was going through his time. Yet 
when Jesus was with you, both at the training camp Mm -hmm. when you were in college, and then also when your dad did pass and your husband was gone, it was just you and the Lord. And I think it's such a beautiful picture that we're never alone, even Mm -hmm. if we think we're alone. Even when your dad was isolated, he was never truly isolated because I bet he had those same precious time with Jesus that you had when you were by yourself, you know? I, I think that that's just a beautiful illustration of how God fills in the gaps and how he moves things in a way that we can't even imagine it. We can't even pray for it because we don't even know that we need it or we want it. And it's, he's such a good father in that way. He is. And just like with that, I had never, ever put that connection together. And like, I've got goosebumps right now, you know, like that's, you know, I pray that this helps some, you know, somebody listening somehow, some way, I don't know, but God knows, but that helps me. So thank you for saying that because I had never even thought of that connection. So, I mean, I, you know, I just think so many times we feel regardless of what we're going through. I know uh, so many people who deal with loneliness or feeling like, you know, no one understands or they're by themselves or, you know, they're far away from family or they're looking for friendship or whatever it is. And I think that there's something beautiful in that solitude that we have when we go to seek God, when there's no other distractions, nothing else that we can find to fill in and make the noise Mm -hmm. to distract us from him. And I'll tell you what, I have so much, like, despite not working, I feel like I have so much noise in my life right now. And it's, and I know, and I feel that longing every day where he's like, come to me, just come to me, you know? And when we come to him, then he gives us that rest we're looking for. And so often we try to find it so many other places, but you know, to the people out there that are looking for community, like what I would say, what God's shown me that's worked for me is like in that situation, I had to be vulnerable in order to survive. You know, I had to put myself out there and pick up the phone and say, Hey, Lauren, can you come get Gabe? Cause I just can't get out of bed today. Like, I'm just like, I'm just sad, you know, and I can't take care of my one-year-old. Can you just have him come play with your daughter? And, and that's hard to admit, you know, we're as moms and as women, we're strong and we can do a lot, but it's okay when we can't. And I think that that's just so important to admit. And I think that when we can admit that, even in those budding friendships, you know, some of those friendships, it's people are gonna be like, oh, you know, I'm busy, whatever. But in the ones that are truly worth our time and our energy, that's going to build those relationships on such a more meaningful level, you know, if we let ourselves be vulnerable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's another lesson too, to be on the other side of that. When you see someone else going through Mm -hmm. something, offer you know, hey, and let me take your, I mean, I remember one time my husband and I, we weren't even going through anything tragic or, you know, really upsetting. It was just a really busy time in our lives. And we had friends that lived down the street from us. And I remember like, they would just come over and be like, hey, we're going to take your kids out to dinner. Yep. So you guys can have some time together. And it was like, wait, you're going to do what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just like, you guys, I was traveling a lot for work at the time. And they're like, you guys don't ever have any time alone. So now you have time alone. Enjoy. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And it was just such a blessing to be able to have people in your life that notice. Yes. And, and yes. help. So yesterday I was actually at um, a, a Bible study on, and they were talking about Luke 13, when Jesus uh, sees the woman who had been crippled over by demons. And the Pharisees, you know, were on him about healing on the Sabbath. But one of the points that we talked about was that he saw her and then Mm. he called out to her. And, you know, and Jesus sees us. And when we feel like nobody else sees us, he does. And, you know, and I'm preaching this to myself right now as I speak, you know, he he sees us in all that, 
all that we're going through, whether it just be busyness or something tragic. And he calls out to us. We just have to listen and respond to it. Amen um, to but, that. And we got to let other people bless us. Like your neighbors, you could have been like, no, 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 we're fine. It's okay. Don't yeah. be in our business. But let somebody bless you because that's a blessing to them too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, we could talk about this forever. I think oh, there's yeah. so <laughs> many golden nuggets in this whole conversation to take from it. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Marissa. Like this was so, I know it's not easy to come on a podcast and, and talk about, you know, everything that's happened in your life practically <laughs> um, and being so transparent, but just hopefully my family's about, not mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I, I think you glorified your family pretty well. I hope so. <laughs> I think so. I think they'd be proud of you. I but hope I, so. But, you know, we were just talking about the importance of being vulnerable and asking for help. And I think that there's another side of that vulnerability of sharing our testimony. And so I just thank you so much for doing that. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Now, I have three questions for you because it Mm -hmm. is Christmas time. Yes. So having little ones in the house, how Mm -hmm. do you and your family keep Jesus the focus of the Christmas season? Our son is so inquisitive. Um, And so we definitely try to keep talk about Jesus and the scriptures and everyday conversation. And so I think for us, that kind of, it just flows naturally into Christmas because we do try to make that a part of the conversation all the time. And really like we don't do a lot of gifts. And so I think we kind of not putting the focus on that um, definitely helps, but there's still little. So we're still trying to form those traditions. But I think, you know, as they get older, definitely the service, you know, the Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes and all of that, but I think the I think is having Jesus as just a part of your everyday life, three hundred and sixty five days of the year. Then it does translate into the holiday season, and it makes it a lot easier to to kind of ensure that they see him as that reason. That's so true, yeah. so true. I like that. Sometimes it's the simplest things mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. are just blow me away. And just the answer of, well, if you focus on him every day, you're still focusing on him at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so true. <laughs> That's perfect. All right. Which so actually, and we're a big, I'm a big Christmas person. My husband's like no tree until after Thanksgiving, then we're full gung ho. But he made my son a promise that if it snows, then we can put the tree up earlier. Oh. Well, Gabe saw some flurries on Tuesday, so the tree is going up tomorrow in our household. Oh, so, yeah, I, I am a little bit jealous since we're recording this <laughs> two weeks before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's exciting. Well, my next question. So, I don't have a tree yet, but I'm still listening to Christmas music already. So, what oh, is I your favorite <laughs> Christmas song? So, my favorite song. It's not a. I, so, I have two. So, my favorite, not traditional one, is called "How Many Kings." by Down Here. I think I've heard that song. And, oh, it's so good. But my, the line that gets me every time is, how many kings step down from their thrones and how many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? How many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that it's torn all apart? And it's just, oh, I love it. It's really good. So Down Here is the, the artist of it. And it's called How Many Kings. As you were saying the words, I was like, oh, I do know that song. That is a yes. great song. Yeah. Yes. Um, but my favorite classic one is probably Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Mm, yes. That is a good one. That one was playing in my car, actually, on my way home from <laughs> work today. <laughs> no, I want to turn it on. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Um, all right. Question number three. So what is your best tip for other moms out there to keep Christmas really awesome, but still really simple? 
I think just try to remember back to like when we were kids, you know, like, what do you remember from Christmas? And like, for me, it was the lights and the pajamas and watching the movies and drinking hot cocoa and making cookies and just getting kind of back to the basics of it and not having to go and do all the things and buy all the gifts and go to all the parties and all of that. So I say all that. Um, we're in DC. And so there's so many good Christmas things and a lot of it's free. So I've got to have to remember that advice myself. But just try to see it through our kids eyes, you know, and see, see what they see and what they're going to remember. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. Well, Marissa, thank you so much for coming on this show. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and to learn about your story and your testimony and really just to glorify God through his hand on your life. Amen for for what he's done for you. And I'm so thankful. And we lift your family up. And again, thank you for for your service and your husband's service. We just pray a hedge of protection around him. And we pray blessings for your adoption and as it's in the works. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for having me. I want to thank Marissa again for sharing her testimony with us today. I know I just were so inspired by her story and the insight of just what it is for her to be walking with Jesus. Now, we have two more episodes in this series. If you missed any of the previous two testimonies that are in the Walking with Jesus series, I highly encourage that you go back and have a listen to them. By hearing the testimony of what Jesus does in the lives of others, not only does it help you to encourage your hope and your inspiration and just your focus on Jesus in this season. But I hope that as you're listening to these stories that you're also praying for these women. When we talk about life balance, which is normally what this show is all about, we talk about the three different pillars that make balance possible. Number one is putting Jesus first. So much advice in this world is about worldly things. And we know that when we seek first the kingdom of God, all things are given to us. And so if you're looking for balance, if you're looking for more peace in your life, seek first God and through him, through the fruits of the spirit, you'll find all of the other great things in life. Number two is community and number three are systems. I want to go back to number two because when we talk about community, it's not just like having people around that can help you with the kids or help with the house or, you know, whatever those things are. I mean, those things are great to have. But really, when we talk about community, it's about you being there for others as much as it is for others being there for you. And one of the best ways that we can be there for other people is to pray for them and allow them to pray for us. If you have specific prayer requests that maybe God's taking you through a different season or you're just looking for clarity on something or you're just needing prayer for anything in your life, I hope you pop on over to our Facebook group and you can put in your prayer request there. There are a lot of prayer warriors in that group and I know that they would love to be praying for you. Now, I did want to let you know, as we're talking about the three pillars and the third pillar being systems, we here follow the life balance system. It's a different way of setting goals. It's a different way of moving towards those goals in a biblical way. And we have a full course that helps you learn the system and apply the system in a 90 day period. Now, this course is available inside Life Balance Membership, and there's so much more inside there. We have a member exclusive podcast. We have podcast bonuses. So if a guest comes on the show, they might put together an extra worksheet or some extra tools for our Life Balance members to go along with that episode. We also have a lot of other courses like how to make a morning routine. Inside the app, we have a morning routine tool, all kinds of really great stuff for our members. And it's not just in the app. We also have a membership website. And in that membership website, there are resources to help you in all eight areas of life. We're talking meal plans for your health. We're talking prayer list for your husband date night ideas, cleaning schedules for your house, 
and checklists to help you with your career, your kids and managing their schoolwork, your finances, and so much more. Now, we have a very special promotion going on right now where you can buy an annual membership. So then you don't have anything reoccurring month to month. You have an entire year, 12 months of access to the Life Balance membership and all of the resources that are in there and that we're continually adding. Now, in addition to having an annual membership, you can also get annual pack of our Life Balance Planner. Now, the Life Balance Planner includes all 12 months of your monthly calendars plus four of our 90-day Life Balance systems. Now, our Life Balance Planner has been redesigned and it is perfect for a disc-style notebook. Now, I will link to the special offer in our show notes, but you can also go to yourliferocks.com forward slash shop and learn more. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy holiday schedule and listening to the show. It really does mean the world to me. And if you love the show, share it with a friend. We'll be back next week with another Walking with Jesus testimonial. And until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.